Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and admiring the guy liner. All with love for the show and its creators. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And today we're covering Lucifer, season 2, episode 18. The good, the bad and the crispy. And of course the title is once again a play on a movie title. Do you know the movie? Of course. It's uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. The original title, fun enough, is Il Buono, Il Bruto, Il Cattivo. So the original order is the good, the ugly, the bad. It doesn't sound so good though. It just has a nice ring to it. Have you seen it? Uh, yes, of course. Good. I was just wanted to make sure that you are educated on the classics. So when I saw the name and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's this film. And then just making sure that I know the correct, because it's been paraphrased so many times. I just wanted to make sure that it's really the good, the bad and the ugly. So I googled it and the first thing that comes up is a theme song. Mm. A video on YouTube. And I was like, oh, which one is that one, actually? Because, you know, there's just so many spaghetti westerns I've seen in my life that it all kind of blends together. So I clicked on the video and it's just a montage of every single shot fired in the entire film. (laughs) With the song playing in the background. So it's just... Very, very good. We should link that, definitely. 100%. In German, the title has no relation to the good, the bad and the ugly, no matter the order. I think the German title is Zwei glorreiche Halunken. So it only refers to two of them. Germans are different. That they are. Episode also has a different name in German, since it would not have worked in German. German title is also a very good one. It is Let There Be Light. Oh, yeah. You're going to yeah. make me cry first thing at the beginning. Well, before make you cry let me summarize this episode after being stabbed mom is now more than leaking and in her single-minded focus tortures linda lucifer tries to keep chloe in the dark about the whole mom burning people which does not work as one would expect aim struggles with his identity and gains back at least part of his powers and for some reason charlotte's soul is returned into her body leaving us with a very confused dan yay i love your choice of words i have my own choice of words for my previous leon so (laughs) before we get to that though we have obsession of the week which i kind of struggled with to be honest i had so many ideas and none of them were really working i was considering self-image or self-purpose with like a manadil and mom ending up going into a different dimension basically i was considering honesty to yourself and i was not happy with anything that i really came up with so i'm i'm putting all my hopes in you I just feel it's not like a real obsession, you know. It's more of a motivation for character or the end game. Moving oh, I settled forward. on something in the end, but I'm just waiting yeah. for you to go first because I hope that I can just be sneaky and say, yeah, of course. Yeah, I originally had heaven, but I'm not really happy with that. But moving forward is kind of an obsession that I can get behind. I guess. I've settled on mom. Okay. (gasps) Let's see the easy way out, but also one of the few things that might actually convince you to agree with me. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's what I settled on in the very end. Okay, yours better than mine. Yay! Been a while since I won this one. (laughs) True, because I'm so smart. The last few obsessions were all yours. But now we come up to my segment and do I have fun stuff? Obviously, this episode is a finale episode, so it is written by Ildi herself. As we talked about, the title is 
is a play on the movie. Also, Linda steals the episode title drop this episode, leaving us with just 16 out of 18 titles this season that were set by Lucifer. I see that bothers you. One steal, Linda. One steal, Papa Decker. Let's see how season three fares in the future. But I have two IMDb facts and... Both are very interesting. The one fact that we are going to have to keep an eye on in the next season is that originally the second season was meant to have 22 episodes instead of 18 episodes. And since they already shot those episodes, they simply added them to the third season. So when we watch the third season, we are going to have to figure out which episodes in season three were originally shot for season two and how that whole shit worked. So that's really, really interesting. And the other thing just was extreme personal satisfaction because as I kept saying, why doesn't mom just use duct tape? And as we see, duct tape is used this episode. And apparently there is a internet famous quote by Karl Zwanzig Whoever that is, I could not figure that one out. And that person said a wonderful quote, duct tape is like the force. It has a light side and a dark side and it holds the universe together, which is beautiful. And since Linda uses the duct tape to hold the goddess together, it's very, very fitting. And it's really, really interesting as well that in some countries, duct tape is referred to as Jesus tape because it basically does miracles, like holding stuff together and shit. So... Interesting. I'm extremely happy that we ended up having duct tape being used on the goddess. That's it for my facts and fun segment. Okay, let's get into our previously on Lucifer. Lucifer has a flaming sword and wants to use it to get to heaven so mom and dad can fight each other. The sword needed another piece. Ames and Dan bonded over both being non-interesting side characters. Ames told Mace Lucy is leaving. She got pissed and they beat the shit out of each other. Mom gets into a weird mafia thing and takes down Bianca in order to get the missing piece. She is positively glowing. Ames and Lucy fight the key, Chet stops mom and she fries his head by accident. And since we're getting into the episode moments after the frying head happen. He's still smoking, like he's literally still exuding smoke from the burnt bits. I'm just gonna kick us off with the song that's playing that's called Fire by Barnes Courtney. Amazon was nice enough to show me a few songs this episode, so this one I actually saw it. I was like, oh my god, really? My biggest issue with this scene is not the song naming, it's the fact that mom is fucking stapling herself shut and it works. Doesn't really. It's a very temporary thing. It still holds her together at least a bit and that just goes into the same pot as she uses a fucking band-aid for the other one and now she's using fucking staples that leave holes in between. I mean, she did not even close staple herself. There were gaping yeah. holes in between, so I was like, yeah, no. Personally, so I was not, not a fan of that. I'm not going to argue on that point because I kind of agree. To me, this scene was one of the grossest things that we've seen on the show just yet. Really? Not only she is stapling herself, but then there's like a detailed picture of the fried head. And I just felt like I'm watching Bones all over again. I did not sign up for Lucifer for charred buddies. I this didn't... was just very... Bleh. 
it didn't register as gross for me at all, but maybe I'm just very strongly desensitized after two weeks of scary and gory movies. So that might be something. Very high possibility there. And also this scene, I was very much confused who mom called. Because she's like on the phone, hey, I need a favor. And I don't think that she directly called the Dandelion sisters. At this stage, I just assume that she is calling one of her clients. Yeah, but who? I'm just really wondering who is the person that is on the forefront of mom's head. Hmm, I have a charred body that I need to get rid of. Let me call person... ABC, whatever. And so also I don't what think kind of history <laughs> do they have that Charlotte instantly thinks of that person? So I'm very curious if maybe in the future we will figure out just who mom called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't think that we're gonna need to get anywhere near that plotline ever again. So to me, I was okay with just knowing that this is possibly one of her clients who has she defended and may have known that they would have an idea how to get rid of a body. Probably, but still it made me wonder and yeah, I'm gonna talk about uh, Charlotte when we get done with this episode. Yeah. So we move on into the penthouse where also pretty much no time seems to have passed, which makes I was very much annoyed with Amenadiel, even though in retrospect I kind of understood him, that this was like a huge deal for him, that he Mm. needed to process and everything. But while watching, I was just like, dude, really? Really? You're this close to getting shit done and you're stuck on the part with, I'm the favorite son, And so I was so... I really enjoyed the few seconds that we got of Cheeky Eminadil when he smirks at Lucifer because Lucifer kind of seems a little jealous about the whole situation. Like, not really, but he approaches his like, so what? Like, that's what it is. And he doesn't acknowledge it. Ames makes fun of him with it. And it's... It's nice to yeah. see a manager happy for a change. Yeah, and I feel like we haven't seen him in that type of a headspace yet. So that was really nice to see the cheekiness and that running away from him and hiding that. And then that moment when Lucifer turns it around by calling him out on the fact that he hasn't been the angel that he used to be. And face just drops. And I think that's a big reason of why he actually leaves the penthouse. Mm. So I was not happy with Ames at this stage and not for a while pretty much not until the last scene it's very much he's extremely Mm self-absorbed it's not just about him anymore yeah but it fits his character that he is self-absorbed because his growth basically hasn't happened all that much yet Yeah, we can move over to the next scene where we again kick off with another song called Making Love to the Dead by Beginners. Ooh, nice. The band name rings a bell, so maybe I need to pay attention more to the songs again. But this scene is one of my favorites in this episode because, I mean, in the beginning I was like, okay, apparently Linda is back in business because she's back in her office. So do we learn how Maze fixed the situation? We don't. So this is one of my open questions for the very end. Maybe that's one of the extra episodes that we're gonna get where they explain this but the moment mom is there and linda sees her and just goes like 
and mom stands up and Linda is just so tiny next to mom. It is so wonderful. And then she goes into problem solving mode because even though she's not a real doctor, at least not that kind of doctor, she's gonna fix mom after she burned her fucking wall. And then she takes out the fucking duct tape and the first aid kit and just throws the first aid kit away and goes, trust me, this stuff is amazing. And I'm just like, I said duct tape. Yeah, we stand, Linda. I was basically talking to my monitor in that moment. Like, yes, that's all. So yeah, I'm I'm very happy in this moment. Yeah, it was a fun scene. That exactly the same moment that you pointed out, I had the same thing written down. So yeah, duct tape saves the world. So for the next one, I'm just gonna start it out with yet another song. This is gonna be your episode. You gotta start every single scene. No, 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 no. Don't worry. There's a bunch of them at the beginning, and then there's nothing, and there's like four of them in one scene at the end. So you have the whole middle for yourself. So this scene is kicked off by a song called Slow. Burn by Chris Arena. Which is very fitting because Chloe starts off this scene with a burn. So burn. Yes. Shade. Yes. That was, that was shady. Right. That's the correct word. Chloe is so shady with her. Oh, I didn't realize you were so self-aware. It's like, damn girl. Oh. Yep. Same note. And I had to stop myself for a second because I noticed that Lucifer still has all the bruises on his face. And because it's been a couple of days since I watched the previous episode, I did not realize that literally they beat each other yesterday in this timeline. So it is obvious that he's gonna have a noticeable damage. However, I thought that he would heal much quicker. Not when fighting with Maze or Ames. Those okay. bruises take... The last time they also took quite a while when I think he and... And the men at Yeah, yeah, they went at it. Yeah, they were at it for a while at some stage. But what I like about this scene so, so much is you have the burn that Chloe delivers at the beginning, the shade. And then you have shade by Ella completely inadvertently with you're not so much with the nice words usually, but when you get them out and it's just like, wow, wow, Ella, really? Ooh. More Ella appreciation. Shady bitch shady sneaky mm -hmm. bitch and i love it she's so great it's amazing nevertheless we do get our actual crime we do have the body and obviously it's chet and he's gross and bathed in bleach and somebody shaved his entire body and it's all very like why then there is one little thing that Lucifer said in this scene, and that is when he stares at his phone, he says, it's like he just disappeared from the face of the earth, which to me in this moment felt like he's insinuating that Aminadil is no longer on earth. And would that mean that he is considering that Aminadil somehow tried to get back to heaven because now he feels like the favorite son? But Aminadil still at this point has no working wings and no powers. That's why I'm not saying that he would fly up there, but that he would try to get there somehow. Which in the end this theory obviously proves wrong, but I just found it interesting choice of words from Lucifer. It is, definitely. So we're back in Linda's office, or rather outside of Linda's office, and 
Lucifer tries to open the door. It doesn't really work. And I was worried for a moment that mom had taken Linda with her or something. And then Linda, being absolutely not sneaky, no, haven't seen that family member. It's like, nyeh, nyeh. very, very, very well done by Linda. I was very much a fan of that moment. And Not that course, Lucifer got that reference. No, not at all. But Linda was brilliant as usual. And then Lucifer comes in and sees mom and yaddy yaddy. And they start talking and he says that Chloe is annoyingly good. And I think this is one of my favorite descriptions of Chloe because she is annoyingly good as in morally good, but she also is annoyingly good as incompetent in her job. So annoyingly good is a very, very good and accurate description of Chloe for me. Yeah. And also it was nice because you remember last episode I complained or I mentioned that the whole romance angle between Lucifer and Chloe has been completely put on the back burner and him now being genuinely concerned for Chloe is nice to see that obviously the emotions are still there and he is simply very very capable at holding it back as not to show it. And of course we get the title card this scene. Oh so before we actually get to the title card we get Lucifer actually explaining to what's happening to mom where he says you're getting more and more powerful and eventually Eventually, your human vessel will no longer be able to contain you. The vessel will burst. So this is kind of an interesting look at it. And I think that kind of comes down to, yes, you can use duct tape. You can use katsu, whatever, but only for a certain amount of time. It's definitely not a permanent solution, which was something that was suggested not just by you, but by one of our patrons in the Discord. I never said it's a permanent solution, but the band-aid in particular is simply utterly ridiculous. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to mention this. They could this. also probably put her in a suit of armor and make the suit out of certain material to like hold it off. But in the very end, she is the fucking goddess of creation. She's not meant to walk on earth. And good point by Lucifer. It would be good not to toast Chloe. Yes. So we go to Clay's and Yay! oh my god, my dead dark blackened heart. Mace being Trixie's patient because she also is still messed up from the fight with Lucifer and it's just so cute. It's ridiculously and sickeningly cute and I'm so there for it. 100%. And also Trixie is so mean to Lucifer. He deserves it. But it's Trixie. Usually she's nice to him. Yeah, but she's been hanging with Maze a lot. Yeah, Maze is taking influence. I can't imagine Chloe being happy. I was actually positively surprised that Lucifer thought of using Maze's bounty hunter skills to hunt down Ames. Same. Because that's not a bad plan. And not always Lucifer is the best performing under pressure. So I was like, nice. But that's it. I'm wishing that it has something to do with the fact that he has learned a little bit to value Mace yesterday. I feel like that's asking too much. Yeah. Fair enough. I would like it to be true. I'm going to put it that way. Yes, I very much agree with you there. But as much as I would like it to be true, as much do I doubt that it is. Well, we can move on to the precinct. And we do have another song here, which is called Life Taker by JC Autobody. Life Taker. Life Taker. Which is very fitting because the first thing we learn is that Chloe already figured out who the fucking body is. Yep. And we do have this moment and my first thought when I saw this dude. What Do you remember what his name is? No. So I think Hector. I considered him so irrelevant that I didn't take any notes on him. And then he turned out to be the bad guy. And I was like, huh? 
Yeah, his name is Hector, I think. And the reason why I don't know it is because I call him Michael in my notes. Because, as we mentioned before, I love Godfather. And this character is pretty much Michael Corleone. Showing up, running away from the family business, and then being brought back after a death, tragical death of a relative, to take over or take revenge on people who caused it. So I called him Michael. That is way more insight than I have had because I literally ignored this character, which did not turn out well in the end. So you did much better than I did with Hector. Honestly, just because I love Godfather so much, this is the reason why I made the connection and I kind of like the parallel and I completely forgot at this stage that he is in any way relevant to the story. I was just like, oh, this would be fun if they actually use him as this character. And then they do and it just shows Ildi knows her stuff because she wrote this episode. Love her. And speaking of loving people, Ella is so fucking amazing and Lucifer is so not sneaky and he breaks the thingy and she goes like oh I'm so clumsy I always make backups and it's just Ella you are too precious for this world I adore you and I love you and I know I've said it before and I know I'm gonna say it again can I please have my fucking Ella backstory episode and it's just the whole interaction in the lab with Lucifer and Ella and then Chloe joins them and Everything is just life for me. It's so, yeah. so sweet. and It's oh. amazing. I adore the fact that Lucifer, every single time that he tries to slow down or derail somehow the investigation, he actually helps them, yes. which is absolutely typical for him. Yes. And the fact that he is really trying to not lie in a situation like this is just making everything much harder and much much more hilarious. We go to another one of my favorite scenes in this episode. And in the beginning, I was like, is Semenadiel sitting in confession? Same. Because I thought he was sitting in those wooden box thingies that they have in church. I have no idea what the correct name for those boxes is because I'm not baptized. Confession booth? I have no, that's what I would call it, but I don't know. If there's like a fancy Christian name for it. Probably is. And then you have the camera turn and you realize, no, he's sitting on a stage and he's doing improv. And until the other person reacts with the standard shitty improv cue, yes, and, and then you say something. Because basically improv is you always go yes, and, but you never say yes, and. Like, that's not how you do it. We've talked about improv before. Do you think I don't know this? I don't know, but I'm not just talking to you. I'm also talking in general. So maybe some people don't. And so until this moment where the person is not only doing bad improv, but also bad at following the basic rules of improv, it actually was a really good performance by Ames. Because it wasn't a performance. He just came there pretty much as a confession. Yeah, but it was well done. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, Ames on stage. Boo, uh, annoyed improv partner. And also poor, poor Dan, who brought a Manadiel into this and who now is being judged by his peers for bringing this weirdo into the group. There's no judgment in improv. Have you looked at their faces? They all are judging. They're a shit improv group. Obviously, they're an improv group. Let's not get into that again. So we get back to the case. Chloe is following up the lead about the Dundee Dundee Dundelian van. 
they go up to these two girls and they drop the body and it's again gross and lucifer says not really it's wrapped have you seen the insides of the bag however lucifer mentions that he is regretting the lasagna for lunch which is surprising that he's so queasy well it kind of looks like yeah not great as much as I'm not a fan of the name of the crime scene cleaners, I love the profession crime scene cleaner. Yeah. Of course, closing out this scene, it is super obvious to Chloe that Lucifer is behaving weirdly and that's she's not gonna let him keep doing what he's doing. I really like that we have built this relationship to a level where she is able to call him out on his bullshit, but not in a negative way. Because she would do that back in season one, she would call him out on stuff. Yeah. But it would be in a way like, I don't trust you. What's happening? You need to tell me stuff. Otherwise, you can't be my partner. And now yeah. it's more like, I care about you so please let me in so i can help you which mm, i love love the development of the relationship that's a very good point i tend to skip over the development by chloe's character but her development is really satisfying in most parts and this is one of the prime examples so you're absolutely right yeah and that was kind of the moment when i was like ah this is gonna come back and I was right so in the next scene we go back to the improv where it's fucking gold Mace showing up after Dan and Amenadiel hugged which also has to be the moment where he sneaks the amulet into Dan's pocket and I don't even want to know how he did that but okay because it's deep in the front pocket this is both of my hands here yeah so whatever moved the amulet I don't even want to know and so so they hug and everything and then walks off with the damn that family is weird and Mace instantly turns it sexual and of course she does who wouldn't want to watch that I mean I mean you on. just did I mean exactly. I just did we did we just did and I love how Ames is going into like oh, blah 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 and Mace just boom, tases him like she's just done like I'm not being paid by the hour yes girl work smart this is my moment when I was Again, getting really pissy with Ames because he's, after everything that he's done since he came to Earth, why would the fact that he is in charge of this missing piece, why would it suddenly change anything? He's the favorite. I know, I know that he is the favorite or he was the favorite when he was entrusted this amulet. No, no, you don't understand, Vero. Nothing else matters. Ugh. He's the favorite. There's no more room Do you in want me to tease you? tiny brain. Tiny brain. Teaser. Bye. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I, I'm terribly sorry. I was very much thankful to Mace for doing that. It was very because satisfying. the moment I just started like warming up my keyboard by complaining about Ames and <laughs> she just comes in and teases, teases him. I'm just like, yeah, thank you. Now I don't have to. It was so, so very satisfying. And that actually is one thing that often goes hand in hand with Mace's actions. How satisfying the stuff she does to other people is for us. Well, the thing is that she does the things that we only dream about, that we would never actually yeah. do. So it's yeah. fun and satisfying to watch somebody else do it in a fictional setting. You're so smart with your words today, Vero. This is what happens when I only sleep like four hours. And hydrate enough. I'm very proud of you. Eh. One thing about this episode in general that made me extremely happy about it, which is 
kind of weird because in all in all, I do have many, many issues with it. But this episode gives us so many small moments with different characters that just make me ridiculously happy. And the next scene instantly gives us another one because we go back to the precinct. Ella is talking to Chloe like, oh, let's go to Paris together. Oh, no, it's Las Vegas. Ah, no, me and Las Vegas are not good. And so I'm like, hmm... Why? There must be a backstory. Was she in Las Vegas and did she try to cheat casinos? Like maybe was she a card shark? She's smart enough to be able to like count cards or something or hack the machines or I don't know. So once again, I will say, give me my Ella backstory. Yes. Also in this scene, we get a Wobble callback, which makes it the third. Yes. So Wobble is a thing. I feel like it's a thing. It's essentially something like Facebook slash Twitter slash Slash Instagram. Yeah. And maybe a little bit Google. So it's like a mix of our social media, all the big social media that we would use. So yeah. Wobble, go wobble. And I love that they're so competent and so smart and they're making progress on the case. But come on, this is not good for Lucifer. Just give him a little bit of time. I enjoy that you're basically cheering for very opposing things in this episode because you want Lucy to succeed with his whole plan, but you also want Chloe to succeed. You enjoy when Mace is doing a good job, but you also enjoy when Ella is doing a good job, but it's all very counter intuitive so it's like ah it's very schizophrenic episode yes we move on back to the penthouse and I was actually surprised that Amanadiel is smart enough to hide the fucking necklace that was actually shocking yeah I'm glad I'm not alone by my surprise no he's just so extremely annoying in this scene I just wanted to fucking punch him take the key of him and stab him in the eye with it going back into this scene Amanadiel being annoying I agree with you that Amanadiel is extremely annoying in this scene but he is not really relevant in this scene because Lucifer does most of the talking because he comes completely clean to Amenadiel with the entire plan what he wants to do why how yadi yadi and then sending Mace to fetch mom in the beginning of the scene and then mom and and then Mace coming back with mom's gone because of course she's gone why can't anything ever be simple and so I enjoy this scene because Lucifer is so genuine and I feel like this is all still relating to his desire and need to protect humanity and especially Chloe from imploding mom. Yeah. And so this made it really enjoyable for me, even though I fully agree with you, Amenadiel is fucking annoying. Yeah, I agree with what you said about Lucifer, 100%. To me, it was getting a little worrying how quickly is Amenadiel willing to abandon everything that he worked towards in the last season, pretty much, in order to be a little loyal soldier. So we go over to Linda's and mom is coming back. And this is where I started to get worried and ready to be angry. Mm-hmm. Because like, this is the second time I watched this episode. I didn't remember what exactly mom will be doing to Linda. I only knew that she did something to her. I knew that she didn't kill her, but I didn't remember what exactly. But I remember watching this the first time and being scared for Linda. And as much as I love Linda now and am not a fan of mom, I had the same feelings, not as intense when I watched this the first time. So I feel for Linda and screw mom for threatening her. Fuck you, mom. That's all I have to say. 
fuck you, mother, how dare you, is all I have to say. We have one of those really short scenes now where we find a body of one of the sisters, of the Dandelion sisters. and The wrong one, apparently. <laughs> the wrong one. However, I was full on convinced, 100% sure, that mom did that. I was so on board with that. Me too. Then we have the crime scene. They collect the still living sister who goes, oh, what did I do? We go over to interrogation and she's like, oh, maybe this was a sign so I have to shut up and so she's not gonna talk mm -hmm. and with this we're now in the middle of the episode pretty much exactly and now we start going into very mumbled scenes like it's jumping a lot back and forth back and forth it's very difficult to follow when it comes to notes but when you watch it it just draws you in and it checks it worked really well for me at the beginning we still have the penthouse mace is hunting down mom now basically so she gets a lot of work this episode I'm, I'm really there for it Chloe calls Lucifer in a rare rare instant of her wanting him to use his mojo because she rarely relies on this so it's nice to see that even though she is a great detective she is still willing to use all that is available to her and also I very much enjoy that she still does not trust Charlotte in quotation marks mm -hmm. so I really like that she is still doing the investigation and everything and following up and yada yada and she's doing a great job yeah then we can see the other side of the phone call in Lux where Lucifer puts down the phone and mom shows up and I at this stage I got really really upset with her or with all of them because it felt like none of them are telling the truth because she says oh I was just walking around you know getting some air or whatever and I was like no you went to kill the sister how dare you and I went no you went and threatened Linda bitch no not to mention that, but we didn't have the sister confirmed, but I was so dead on that it was her. And I was very upset that she was lying. So the whole situation where they are trying to figure out what to do with each other, because they both kind of know what the other person did, but they don't want to say it outright. Yeah. It's just a really weird dance. And it, it's handled perfectly. And then it escalates into, how about you go down to hell as the queen of hell? No. Not a bad idea, I don't think. This is what they could have done from the start. We could have saved so much trouble and also it's obvious that mom is not gonna agree with that. Like, never. And she escalates instantly. I think it was a very much last hope for Lucifer. It was just the... Wrong time, wrong phrasing. Yeah. And then we get the whole situation when she just throws them at the not the piano moment for me. Had the same. What did you do to Linda, you bitch, was my next note. Because she now knows the plan from Lucifer because she talked, quotation marks, with Linda. And my note is, if she hurt Linda, I will be livid. And spoiler alert, I was livid. Yeah. Just before we go to the pier, there... Aminadil says one sentence that just describes mom in the best ways and all the ways. He says she's coming undone in all the ways. Yeah. So it's just not her physical, but also her mental state is coming undone, which is pretty, pretty accurate description, I'd say. She's completely escalating. She never yeah. cared for humanity. And so now she's not holding back anymore. And so we are at the pier. And at this point, I wasn't sure 
what mom was planning, like what her end game was. And so we have the phone call with Lucifer, like mom uses Chloe's phone to call Lucifer to talk to him and yada yada. And then mom goes with the, she wants to talk alone with Chloe as to not put Dan in a awkward position because we already had so many great ones or something like that. And I'm just poor, poor Dan. I feel so much for Dan in this moment. Still, she goes, my favorite human, which is precious and condescending at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think this moment just proves what I was trying to say for the last couple of episodes, that if she ever cared about a human, it was done. Yes. Which makes the entire situation much, much worse, especially for Dan, because you can tell that he knows that she cares. He can feel that she cares. And this is one of my final points is definitely gonna go to, this is not good for him. No, definitely not. And also, it's also not good that now mom is basically threatening Chloe, which is and probably will always be Lucifer's one ginormous weak spot. Listen, all the bets are off. It's Chloe's life on the line. We go to Linda's. Mace is on the way to Linda's. She's just on the way there because she's actually trailing mom. So it's just poor, poor Mace. She has no idea what's going on in details yet. And she finds a completely broken and bloody Linda on the floor. And both of them, acting-wise, kill this scene for me. This scene, it made me so angry because it was so painful and so sad. And both of them really, really sell this scene. I was so, so pissed at mom. I honestly have to say that I was so angry with what mom did to Linda that it actually took away a lot of the emotional impact of the end of the episode. Because I did not get over this at all. Sounds like you. I mean it in the best way. I know. I'm not taking offense. And also in this scene, you have Maze turning her head over her shoulder and going, do something to Amanadil. And I'm just like, yeah, what can he do? And of course, like in the next scene where we go back there, we see what he can do. But in this moment, it's just Maze knows that they are fucked. Mm-hmm. And she is still asking for help. It's showing a vulnerable side of Maze as well, which is just, it's breaking my heart. It's, oh. yeah. <laughs> I feel like this did not affect me as much as it did when I was watching it the first time. It was still very emotional, but I was focusing on other bits. At this moment, I was focusing on the other storyline more because I knew that Linda was going to make it. I kind of knew what was going to happen and I just didn't want to let myself feel that pain because I knew that everything's going to be okay. I'm a sucker for pain, so I was all there for it. Of course. We go to the pier and and I really have to say, I did not see it coming that Amenadiel snuck the peas into Dan's pants. <laughs> Very, very smooth. Would not have thought him capable of that. Very well done. Also, the interaction between Lucifer and Dan gives me some much, much needed levity because mm. this episode has gone serious, very hard, very fast and very dark. Lucifer then joins mom and Chloe outside on the pier and obviously Chloe has no idea what is going on. Lucifer is holding the fucking knife in his hand. So, of course, Chloe has to assume that he's planning on doing something really really stupid there's so much tension in this scene and I was really invested in everything and then the fucking brother shows up and like I said before I had completely ignored this character I did not consider him relevant at all I have not taken a single fucking note on the dude nothing and then he shows up and is supposedly the bad guy of the episode and I was just like 
like, hey, yeah, what? I saw this and it all came back to me when he showed up and my note just says, plot twist extravaganza. I was right. It's Michael Corleone. I forgot that I had seen this before. I did again not see it coming. I love this plot twist because it gives us something unpredictable, something that throws us off a little bit in this episode because there's a lot of things that have been coming for a long time that happened yeah. and a lot of things that we kind of hoped or expected to happen. And this is a nice kind of a throw off from the expectations that we have. Also with the parallels that you pointed out with the whole Godfather and everything, this is really done well. This is nicely done with the setup in the beginning like, oh, I know what you think of my family. No, I'm gonna work this case fairly and correctly and woo, I'm gonna do everything I can and blah blah blah. And him being outside of the family so you don't think he's a bad guy but if you have the background knowledge with the Godfather, you can already see it coming. And so it's really, really well done and also just in general I love when they mislead me and surprise me so I'm not complaining I simply have to confess they completely got me good go Ildi we love her yes we go one final time to Linda's Mays says this important important sentence when she says like oh we need to get her to the hospital and the Manadiel goes like we won't make it and she goes we need more time and she looks at the Manadiel and I'm like okay so he's gonna get his powers back now because he's the favorite son or what and then he starts doing the Kamehameha movement basically like so he was just taking a shit it's the same with the Kamehameha thingy and powering up for the Super Saiyajin like it's, it's always very much the same straining so he's obviously trying to use his powers that haven't been working in so 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 many episodes we switch back to the pier and we switch basically back to the pier and then at some point the time slows down and we go back I just mixed it all together the situation at the pier escalates with the shooting and everything and then the time slows down it's perfect timing um, I'm in a deal it's impeccable and so the time is slowed Lucifer takes mom and they jump off the fucking pier which I had completely forgotten I could for the life of me not remember how they end up at the beach I knew they ended up at the beach but I could not remember how they got there that they just jump off the fucking pier because how must this look for Chloe and Dan they did not see them move they just vanish yeah but Chloe have experienced that before so yeah but still it's like like, what (laughs) there is this thing I think it's Terry Pratchett people don't want to see what they don't believe They are on the beach. Lucifer is assembling the blade or has assembled the blade. It is now a proper sword with a proper length and it's flaming and everything. With this situation, we actually get a song that's called Start a Riot by Banners. Does it already start? I wrote it wrongly. For me, the song starts after he, uh, right before he throws the knife in. So he makes the hole and he tells her, you can be yourself there, like do your own thing. And I was half expecting her not to do this when I watched this for the first time. Because the entire season, mom has been harping on that she needs to see her children again. That this is basically what is her driving force. Mm -hmm. And while I can live with her self-argumentation that she never 
would want to hurt her children. And Lucifer says in war there's always casualties. So if she goes back to heaven, there would be casualties. She would be inadvertently hurting her children. I did not expect her to do this so quickly. And this is in general one of my few overall complaints in this episode. It feels rushed. The idea to cut the fabric of reality is pulled out of thin air. The convincing her to do this. This scene is like three minutes or something. And so I'm just like before the song starts. So since I have it too late, it's even less than three minutes from the they jump down the pier until he cuts open the hole. It's less than fucking three minutes. And so I kind of wanted more time for this because Trisha Helfer really sells this once we reach this point. And now she's gone. And it's like, but why? <laughs> Give me more time to process this. You would normally have four months to process this. No, 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 no. I mean, while it's happening, like, like I said, I was oh. still so preoccupied with the whole Linda has been tortured by her. And this is so short that I would get emotional whiplash if I have to jump between being furious because Linda is hurt to actually care about what happens with mom. You, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. This is my way one complaint. And then this song starts to play. And I'm sorry, but you have to say the name of the song and the, the artist again because I already forgot it. Stars Riot, Banners. This song works. Of course it does. This is a Lucifer we're talking about. This is one of those montage song scenes flowing together moments. And it really works. And like you said, Lucifer has done this before several times. And they really know how to do do this. And my complaint from just now doesn't work here because here everything of this episode goes together. So the song basically wraps you up and does everything and like ties a nice little bow around it and everything. So this song really, really works for me. Even though I still have questions because I'm me. Well, to me, this moment, everything kind of turns out the way I expected. So mom... What? Did you expect Charlotte to come back? No, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, because I was... you said everything and I was like, what? <laughs> if you would let me finish a sentence, I'd tell you. Never. But it kind of ended up the way I expected. So a uh, mum is gone. The time is back to normal again. You have, unfortunately, Chloe shooting the guy, which may be actually a good thing for Charlotte in the future. But... Its situation was pretty much escalated already, so everything to be expected. We see Linda in the hospital, so yay, Mace made it. Hopefully, in this moment, we are not 100% sure that she's going to pull through, but we are definitely hoping so. And then, Dan runs up to Charlotte's body. My heart. And she wakes up. And this moment for Dan, the situation where literally minutes before this, mom kissed him and walked away, told him that he is her favorite human. And now he finds her lying on the beach, waking up. And she just looks at him and she doesn't recognize him. That's just the worst thing. Dan was doing so well for himself. Mm. And now this is going to be devastating for him. I think we can expect this hopefully play out somehow in season three. Because I don't think improv is going to be enough to get him through this. Yes. 
So I was really, really sad when this little moment showed up. I have questions in this montage song until the pier scene ends. Mm -hmm. How the fuck did Charlotte's soul get back into Charlotte's body? That is also my question. So I have one idea, but... I actually went through that in my final thoughts. I have one idea which is too short to warrant as a final thought position. Go for it. What do you think? Charlotte never fully actually died and the timing was just right that while Charlotte's soul was leaving the body mom's soul got back in there and so she was basically stuck there until mom vacated the premises. Well, That's my theory. That is not a bad theory. I think... Just perfect timing. <laughs> There is a few different options. I think that this doesn't really hold up if you think about the fact that mom's <laughs> mom's soul is so powerful. I think it would destroy Charlotte's fu- It would probably burn her through or anything. Yeah. But this is the only solution I could think of. So I'm going to go with it until we oh, get okay. a better answer. Also, the very end of this scene, like the song has already ended. We're still on the pier. Chloe talks with Lucifer and she says this. I didn't write it down but I did. But did you with the flaws and everything? Would you please read it then? She says, if you think I wouldn't forgive you. And then she talks about the flaws. And then she says, if you think I don't know who you really are by now, you're wrong. Which was the most important bit for me. For me, the most important bit is that she literally says flaws and all. Which in Lucifer's self-image, of course, is the whole devilness issue. The little issue of the devil. Yeah, with him being the devil, like flaws and all, you know? Words and all. Basically, yeah. Uh, in his case, weird face and stuff. So for me, this was the moment where I actually wrote down, does this mean he's actually coming clean to her? Because he has been struggling with the whole self-image and coming clean to Chloe. And he talked about this with Linda in mm-hmm. one of the therapy sessions. So this is basically Chloe putting the door wide open for him to show her his devil face. Obviously mm. not at the pier at the crime scene. Like I fully understand and accept that this is not the right time or place. But I was very much like, okay, is this where this is leading? And spoiler alert, this is where this is leading. Like we have at the very end of the episode, he calls her and he talks about all this. And I was so full of joy that we get this very natural feeling progression. Mm-hmm. From this moment on, my heart gets happier and happier and happier. Yeah. Like the, the next scene is Linda survived and everything. Yeah. And it's just... Ah! So to me, this moment again proved that the relationship is right now so much stronger than it would have been if they actually got together because they've been through so much together and it was ups and downs and the friendship that they that created the fact that they were able to work through all of these issues just made them that much closer and this is actually a moment which something completely unheard of on Lucifer happened. So watching this, right, looking for the music, it says Devil Devil by Milk. And I'm like, that sounds like a repeat artist. Let me <laughs> look into that. Turns out that it's not just repeat artist, but it's a repeat song. What? They have used this song in episode 9 of season 2, The Homewrecker. It's the closing song of episode 9 of season 2. It's an amazing, perfect song that works for this. What was episode 9? 
Homewrecker is the one where mom is trying to have Lux torn down. Where she breaks the law basically to like she joins the party and mm-hmm. sits with him yeah. there and yeah. So the final moments, oh Jesus, the final scene of this. I get tears in my eyes. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, Oh, screw you, Lucifer crew, for being so competent at your job. And this then plays until we get the credits. So it plays through the entire conversation that Lucifer has and then through the little setup that we have for season three. When, well. when exactly does the song start? Does it start in the hospital when he's at Linda's it starts, bed? Or? Yes, it starts when he shows up in the hospital. Okay, because that scene is just, I mean... Linda looks so fucking wrecked, but at least she's alive. And he puts the glasses on her and it's just... Very, very crooked. Also, Linda here gets the title drop and it's a fucking joke. It's great. It made my, like I said, from second to second, my heart got happier and happier. And like I had the happy tears waiting in my eyes and just going like, yes, Linda is alive. And also how how understanding she is with him and how he's taking the time. Like, no, you're important. She says this thing. She says she walked into this with her eyes wide open and that she chose to be his friend. For one, this is the first time she actually says that he's her friend into his face, right? So that is a built-up relationship that we get for him. I think that's the last push that he needed in order to decide to talk to Chloe. Because he sees that Linda, even though she's seen who he truly is... And And she suffered the consequences. She's still there for him as a friend. And she's still sticking around. So he feels that he owes it to Chloe to confess, to show her who he really is. Not so, just owes it to Chloe, but also that he can risk it. That he needs to risk it for himself and for Chloe. Yeah, but that also that he can, like that there is a chance that this might work. That it's gonna be okay. Because Linda saw him and his entire fucking family at their respective worst. She nearly died and she still calls him her friend. Yes. We are now penultimate scene outside the hospital and Lucifer is talking on the phone. I mean, we already basically talked about what he's saying on the song call in the past two scenes, but this is giving me life. Him mm-hmm. coming clean. I mean, in general, in the entire episode, him coming clean to Amanadiel about the plan and him being vulnerable, that Chloe is in danger and now him starting to come clean towards Chloe. And of course, certain things he can't do on the phone. So I'm, I'm not judging that or anything and he's not talking to her mailbox right he's talking to her on the phone no i'm pretty sure that he's leaving her a message that's why i'm not sure i feel I'm like pretty sure because he is not waiting for reply yeah because he's lucifer i don't think so i think that he would oh. wait for a reply okay so now i'm ever curious because i can identify with that sometimes that you speak so much that the other person simply has no chance of getting even a single syllable in so for me i read this as he's calling her and he's coming over and okay if he's so saying all this to a mailbox and it's not as amazing as I thought but it's still great voice message so this scene ends with him getting knocked out and I paused and I was like what? I was like where's Chloe? I have two options A was Chloe close or B was it a celestial and if so who? I have both of these questions also <laughs> 
No, because this is... Those are the only two options. Th- there is no other way. It's either or. And we won't know until ne- next season. And imagine going not knowing for four months. Well, before we go not knowing, we have the final scene. God, that final scene. I have one note for this last scene. Oh, no, I have three notes. <laughs> okay, you go ahead then. I have how long has he the fuck been there because he looks like shit. My second note is no shirt, but he still has the ring. That's fair enough. Probably wasn't a robbery then. Exactly. And his wings are back. What? And that's it. My last note was his wings are back. Yes! So very similar note on that. This is the moment which I remember when I watched this the first time. This is something I was waiting for. Him getting his wings back? That shot. Ah, Since the the moment that we have him standing in front of the wings in that collector's house. Mm -hmm. When we use the force perspective to put the wings on him at different situations. This is the final piece. This is what we haven't seen yet. And this is what I don't understand how happened just but that's the natural escalation that we needed and we got it and it's half-naked Lucifer with his wings in the middle of a fucking desert so he looks wrecked he looks completely destroyed yeah which I find surprising because he's still a fucking celestial I know well this is all put on my question list for the next season so yeah and with that I'm just gonna slide into my final thoughts I actually really, really like this episode. It's a proper finale. We have a little bit of each character somehow expositioned, at least a little bit. We get a lot of small, smart moments for Ella. We get, there are loads of indications about her character. Again, we're waiting for that Ella episode. God damn it, give it to us. We have one scene with Trixie, which is absolute perfection. It's very tricksy. It's very fun. It's just amazing. Then we have luckily we know that Linda survived the attack. So herself surviving being tortured by a goddess, that's gonna have some impact on her. And even though right now she seems fine, is this really fine? Because it just feels like something to expect more PTSD. From, possibly. And we have one of my favorite things in this episode is Dan and Amenadiel bonding, which already started happening before, but the fact that Ames gave him or hit the missing piece on Daniel, I think means that he really trusts him and that he really appreciates him as a person. So that was fun, but we lost the character. But we also with one stroke, gain a new one. We lost mom, she's gone, but now Charlotte is coming in. As we mentioned, where was she? Was she somewhere hidden away? Was she in heaven? What was the story with her? She's a lawyer for horrible people, so she probably was in hell. Maybe she was in hell. Which will have left a mark. Where this is gonna go and what's the impact that it's gonna have on Dan is something that I'm really looking forward to see. And then one of other really important things is that Lucifer got to say goodbye to his mom. Which is something that Emmanuel didn't. So Mm -hmm. that can play into something in the next season as well. So there is loads of things built up, not to mention the wing bit, for season three. And it's really exciting. And who the fuck knocked him out? Exactly. But that being said, we actually get the entire season two really nice and neatly wrapped up, in my opinion anyway. With the fact that you just told me at the beginning of this recording that they shot four more episodes that were supposed 
supposed to be part of this. What is the content of these episodes, I wonder? It's just left me quite happy. It's I'm not extremely hyped as I was after season one finished because we didn't actually get like a proper cliffhanger. Most of the things feel finished, but I'm still really excited about what's coming next. And I have many questions. I find it hilarious that you say in the same sentence, most of it feels finished, but I have a lot of questions. It's like, which one is it? <laughs> well, the thing is that I feel that season two things that we dealt with are finished, but they somehow managed to put in so much shit that is new to us okay. and is gonna have to be dealt with in the future, in that sense. So the episode S1, like you said and like I said, we have all these small, amazing moments throughout the episode, but the episode itself felt kind of rushed to me because there was so much stuff in it. It was actually a little longer than it usually is, by like a minute and a half. It's almost 43 minutes. I would have preferred more time with Amenadiel's internal struggle because this is an either all or nothing topic for me. Either give me all the eternal struggle and so that I can go with you through it and live it and see it or don't bother with it. But don't give me this tiny bit then where he gives up the necklace and we don't even see it happen on screen that he tells Lucifer where it is and why he tells him. This is the one of the things that were missing for me from this episode. As I mentioned, Lucifer's solution for me came out of nowhere and mom's acceptance of it as the solution also was very quick. At the very end, Chloe's statement that Hector also killed the other one and Charlotte isn't the one who killed them also seemed to come out of nowhere for me. Oh yeah, that I forgot to mention. That feels like very un-Chloe-like thing. So this is on the one hand. On the other hand, this episode gave me emotions in capital letters. Mom confronting Linda, torturing Linda, and Maze then finding her gave me proper sweaty hands, made me angry and more. Linda's utter grace when she is in the hospital and Lucifer is by her side was so wonderful and so perfectly painful. And it also showed growth on Lucifer's part that he was willing to stay there even though it was so obvious that he kind of wanted to leave and go to Chloe and everything. And the final scene honestly just left me confused. So my basic emotion after this episode is confusion, which not what I usually like to feel after an episode. For the season two in general, I have to say probably should have been called Lucifer's mom and not Lucifer this season because all side plots like with Chloe being a gift from God and Mesa's relationship with Linda and her relationship with Trixie, Dan's growth overall and his budding bromance with Amenadiel, Amenadiel's struggle with his identity and powers are exactly that. They're all side plots. And the one main story that is relevant in this season is mom. So for me, this season is not Lucifer. This season is Lucifer's mom. One of my big, big questions that I really want an answer to is how the fuck did May save Linda's career? Yes, I'm expecting that to be answered. And like you mentioned earlier, maybe this is one of the episodes that had to be moved on to season three and we learn it like in a flashback or whatever. We have many unresolved plot lines and themes and topics and questions and everything. So I'm very, very curious for season three. For me, the yeah. most interesting parts are Lucifer and Chloe's relationship because very surprising for me, they have not gotten to a part where I'm annoyed by it, which is yeah. very unusual for me because usually the love story part in any kind of show is what is getting on my nerves on the very first chance. And they have managed to give me two seasons of this show and I'm not annoyed yet 
with that they have a love story in it as well. I'm very curious about Amenadiel's identity crisis because like you pointed out, he didn't get to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, we have the, I'm your favorite son and I apparently have some of my powers back. And But on the other hand, I didn't get to say goodbye to my mom. So this is going to be problematic. Mm -hmm. We talked about it, I think, especially last episode, Mace in general, with her growing ginormous steps and then she's regressing and then she's growing and regressing. So I'm really, really curious how they deal with that. Yeah. We didn't actually have enough of Mace in this episode to see where we stand. Exactly. And then, of course, Ella. I want my backstory. Yay. And, of course, then with now Charlotte Charlotte, not Mom Charlotte. This is either gonna get messy or confusing or painful or all of the above. Season two left me wanting more without satisfying me as well as season one did, which also left me wanting more, which is probably why I'm not as hype after this season finale as I was after season one. I mean, I'm still hype and I'm still curious and everything, but I'm not as fulfilled. Let's put it that way. That's fair enough. So season three, better step it up. With that, we say thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed coming through season two with us of Lucifer. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via all the various social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You just search for the Apple of Truth and you find us. Or as always, you can just send us an email to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Next week will not be a normal episode. Next week will be our second summoning episode where we will speak who knows how long about season two in general, about weirded random bits and probably a bit about what you can expect for season three. Yeah. So when this comes out, the deadline for our feedback has passed. But if you still want to send us any of your thoughts or anything, we can still accept your emails about season two. Or if you have any general thoughts on the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to get in touch with us on a more personal level, we do have our Patreon as well. You can join there to get loads of benefits that come with it, including our exclusive Discord server, where some of our patrons are having chats with us about different things. So if you go to patreon.com slash T-A-O-T podcast, you can find us there. You can read through the benefits and maybe you'll find it in your hearts and in your wallets to send us a little bit of money every month to help us grow and improve our podcast. If you don't want to do that, but still want to help us out a little bit, you can leave us a review on iTunes because that's always helpful. Or you can share the podcast with everybody you know, friends or enemies. We don't really mind. Just spread the word. So thank you so much and bye! bye.